Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, folks in Zambia. I think it's about 20 hours of your time. It's 2 p.m. Eastern time. Welcome to Zanos Radio Show. This is your host, Noah and Lovo, broadcasting live from the great state of Indiana. And the weather here is nice, cloudy, with a chance of rain. So we are enjoying the great weather so far. So ladies and gentlemen, Welcome. It's another Sunday afternoon. We have a very special program, special guest. Uh, just to ask you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Uh, before we get any further, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting ready to play one of the great songs that I think most of us are familiar with um, by B1. I think B1 has a did this track uh, some time back, but uh, <clears throat> just been having a little bit of tech, tech, technical difficulties connecting to the the song. But the song I'm trying to play is Kwa Georgie. Oh, here we go. <laughs> So Kwa Georgie is somewhere down there in uh, central Lusaka. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to our show. Our guest will be joining us shortly. And this is a well-known attorney, both in the Americas or in the Zambian circles or 
and also Zambians in Canada. Our guest is based in uh, in Canada, and he'll be joining us shortly. So in the meantime, let me just say welcome to my my co-host here. This is President Irene and also the former president of Illinois, uh, Blair Siajunza. Welcome, Madam and Sir. Thank you so much <clears throat> for having us. Thank you, no, President you are, Noah, you are, you are, and thanks, everybody. Good, good. We are, we are happy to have you guys. So as we wait for the guests to join us, so let's chat a little bit about Illinois. How is uh, the great state, the windy state of Illinois? President Irene, Irene provide a good... <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I know. I heard that yeah, question us. I was trying to put on my Bluetooth. I think it's um, it's a beautiful day outside. It's uh, probably in the 80s, I think. I haven't been outside, yeah. but yesterday I, I was in uh, New Buffalo. It's beautiful out there. Okay. I was so in the New Buffalo, from what you've said, The key word you've said is you think, so which means you're doubting, you're not sure. Right, Madam Because I haven't been outside. Because I haven't been outside, okay. so I don't want to lie. But it looks like it's about eighty degrees outside. Okay, that's good. That's good. President Sia uh, Jones, how are you doing, sir? We thank God we are well, and uh, it's always a good day when you're above ground. And we thank God, especially in these times of uh, COVID. Uh, so we always say a blessing and a prayer for all our people, especially back home. We know this is a difficult time. We're all relying on God. Uh, and, uh, you know, the weather is great in Illinois, and I'm sure back home, too, the sun is always shining, regardless of the challenges that um, our brothers and sisters uh, are going through with the COVID thing right now. So. And our thoughts and prayers as we all hold each other up. That's what's happening. How about uh, Indiana? How are you doing? You know, you're a good well, neighbor. Yeah, the great state of Indiana is always perfect here. If you want things to go your way, you move to Indiana. That's what I did 20 years ago. So since coming to Indiana and being in Indiana, I think the weather is always it's always sunshine in Indiana. We don't have snow. It's always sunshine, so we are happy. You don't have snow. <laughs> I'm talking about sunshine in my life. There's always sunshine. But okay. the question was directed about about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> okay. All right, ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen, today is a great show. Uh, our guests will be joining us momentarily, so in the meantime... We'll be discussing and talking about Bill 10. So Bill 10 is a new bill. Some of us may know what it contains. Others may not know what it contains. So this is a great opportunity to learn about what Bill 10 is all about, what it means, how it's going to affect you, or how it's not going to affect you, and things like that. So we have an attorney who has been here a little bit more once he joins us. Going to talk a little bit about what he's doing. He's based in the great, uh, I don't know the city, but the state, but it's in Alpera. Canada. He's in Alpera, Canada. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, so it, uh, the, the good thing with the, 
Canadian people, they always use the standard British terms that we use, like Lusaka province. So it, Alberta is called a province. I don't think they refer to it as a state. So our guest is coming from Alberta, the, st- the province of Alberta in Canada. So once he joins us, then we'll be able to get started on our Bill 10. So the <clears throat> focus for today is to learn a little bit about Bill 10, what it means. And the attorney will take time just to talk about the other projects uh, that he's uh, working on and involved in. So in the meantime, as we wait for our guests, we're just trying to see if we could play our Zanus intro. This is the intro which going forward will be playing whenever we have our show. So let me see if it will be able to play. Our Zanus Radio theme song didn't play. It automatically played the the Kwajoji song by B1. So <clears throat> we are just experiencing some technical difficulties. We wanted to play Hello. the Zanus uh, audio, but I think the, so due to some technicalities, we'll play it, I think, as the show progresses. So ladies and gentlemen, this is yet another episode of Zanus where we are discussing matters that affect us on as Zambians residing in the United States, as Zambians residing in Zambia, Zambians wherever we may choose to, to be. So what happens in Zambia at the end of the day, wherever you may be, if you still call yourself as a Zambian and if you still have people on, uh, on the mainland in Zambia, you have to be involved, you have to know what's going on, and this is why we have programs like this to discuss uh, events that are happening. So our focus today is going to be discussing the Zambian Constitution and the Bill 10. So our guest, I'm told, he has joined us, and our special guest again is uh, uh, Tony or uh, Elias Musha, who is a, a lawyer. In Zambia, we, we are used to saying a lawyer, not an attorney. So without further ado, sir, welcome to our program. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Blair. Much appreciated. I'm wondering whether um, I'm coming clear because sometimes you know this technology thing. Yes, Father Bakwetu, attorney, you're coming through good and we can hear you loud and clear. So go ahead uh, with the intro. But before you start, we just wanted to lay some house rules. I know you're an attorney, and we hope you're having nice weather out in uh, Alberta. Uh, Zanos is a a nonpartisan entity. 
And um, we we all know the Constitution kind of uh, lays out the ground rules. You know, every house has uh, rules, just like every nation has a Constitution that lays out the rules. So this discussion is going to focus on uh, policy aspects only. So we're not going to mention political parties. We're just going to talk about policy issues. And I'm sure uh, our attorney actually is going to guide us in a little. And so the questions will be tailored towards policy issues versus uh, partisan politics. So we urge our listeners, there'll be a segment when we'll ask you to call in with questions. Please be mindful that uh, we are nonpartisan. Uh, once we cross the uh, Zambian borders, uh, we all know what our passport says, GRZ, uh, Government Republic of Zambia, is uh, our, our, our patron, you know, we are wardens of uh, the government of the Republic of Zambia. So out here, we just talk policy. So Madam Irene will add a little, and President Noah will add a little. But uh, my brother, uh, Tony, yeah, loud and clear. Thank you. Yes, sir. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is... Uh, uh, attorney Elias Musha, and where are you calling us from? And just give us a little. Uh, this I think this is usually just an icebreaker. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what what you want us to know about you. Okay, uh, my name is Elias Musha, M um, U N S H Y A. So I'm I'm based in Canada. I'm a Zambian. I've been in Canada for the past 13 years. Believe it, time flies very, very quickly. Um, came to Canada in 2007 as a student uh, for a Master of Divinity, so I completed that. Then I did my law degree. I did my Master of Laws. I uh, curiously involved with um, legal matters and constitution and things like that. And over the past 13 years, I've been actively advocating for human rights and constitutionalism and the rule of law in Zambia. Oh, great, great. So how long have you been in Canada? Which year did you move to Canada? I came, I came to Canada in 2007 as a student and um, I have lived in Calgary, Alberta since then, and so I I got called to the Canadian Bar in 2016, and I ran a business here known as Moonsha Law, which is a law firm. Oh, great, great. So, how uh, can you speak a little bit about the the dynamics of Zambians? Do you have a lot of Zambians in, in your home state, in your area? And just just talk a little bit about the. It doesn't have to be exact numbers. Just trying to get a sense of uh, the people who frequent your your law firm, your businesses. Is it mostly Zambians? And just speak a little bit about the, the population-wise for Zambians in Canada. Um, Calgary has. It's difficult to tell how many Zambians are in Calgary. But I think I know between 25 to 30 families in Calgary and the greater Calgary area. Oh, okay, yeah, at least uh, 
it's a small number, but yeah, I'm sure in the coming years there will be maybe over a thousand or five hundred Zambian families. That is what we are shooting for. We we hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point now we're gonna switch gears a little bit. We'll ask President Irene, the Illinois chapter yes. president, to uh ask you a question. Go ahead, President Irene. Hello, hello. Um, do you prefer to be called Elias or Mr. Mosha? Uh Elias is fine. Okay, good. So thank you so much, Elias, um, for coming to our blog talk radio. Um we're very delighted to have you, and I'm sure there's a lot of young people that are looking forward to hear a lot about you and learn from you. So my question is, I know you said uh, you went to Canada as a student, and um, you ended up practicing law. So my question is, did you study law in Zambia before you went to Canada, or is something that you just started in Canada. That's my first question. Yeah, my um, my my path to practicing law in Canada was a little bit convoluted here and there. Okay. Uh, I came as a student for theology, okay. and then from about 2009 to 2012, I enrolled in a law degree program, mm-hmm. and so I did my LLB. And then after that, I then went to Chicago at Northwestern, and that's where I did my LLM. Okay. And then came back to Canada, did um, equivalency exams, and after I completed those, I did my bar admission course, did what is known as art clean mm-hmm. uh, for Elena Legal Practitioner, and then I got called in 2016. So law is my my third, second or third career or something like that, yeah. Okay, so did something um, uh, personal happen within you or somebody you know that made you go into law or is something that you really wanted to do when you came when you came to uh, It was, I think, the curiosity that I had. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, my law degree was my fourth, was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my fourth degree. I am very uh, focused on education a lot, kind of, okay. you know. So uh, the other thing was I started getting quite attracted by the need to contribute in the areas of human rights, religious liberty, and uh, that's what led me to study for my Bachelor of Laws degree. I initially had not thought that I would actually be eligible to um, to practice because my law degree is from England. So this is how, okay. so I'm truly an international lawyer. Okay. My law degree is from England. I'm a Zambian. And then I did my LLM in America and I practice in, in Canada. <laughs> it's truly in Canada. So it's truly an international kind of outlook. But initially, when I started studying it, it was just out of curiosity to know a little bit more about the law, to see how I could integrate it with my uh, practice as a theologian and as a preacher. And so when I completed the law degree, and I was doing it through distance education, um, 
with the British University. After I completed it, that's when I realized that I could actually do an LLM, and, and after I satisfied several other requirements, I could actually get called to the uh, Alberta Bar, to the Canadian Bar here in Alberta. Okay. And so I gave it a shot. It was a very long process, um, and and then I got called. But after, um, when while I was still studying with Northumbria um, University, uh, what I started doing was to openly speak what I was learning about, mm-hmm. right? Um, and of course, with the advent of social media, it meant that I could be I could test out these ideas on social media. I could speak out a little bit much more freely about legal topics. And um, I had a blog and eventually started writing for a newspaper in Zambia. And all this combination, I think, brought um, my writing and uh, brought visibility to what, to what I was writing. Uh, yeah. In the earlier parts of my blogging time, I think some of the things that I was writing were out of the assignments that I was doing. Uh, some of them I had not yet cemented my understanding of the law very, very uh, critically. Um, the other thing was um, because in Zambia, Zambian lawyers had not yet been given the go-ahead to comment on legal topics. So my commentaries on legal topics became a go-to a commentary by many uh, law students at that time. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think that grew in um, uh, in interactions. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So um, the next thing that I wanted to ask you is that I know you're on social media, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm your friend on social media. So what I wanted to so know is name? Irene White. Oh, yes, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... What I wanted to know is uh, for the young listeners who want to venture in the career that you you are practicing, if they is it okay for them to to uh, send you a message, you know, in your private for for advice? Because a lot of people um, are now looking up to Facebook to look at the people that are actually helping out. Did you, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I Sorry, my Bluetooth went went away a little. Uh, what I'm saying is a lot of people have, are now looking up to Facebook to find people that they can model on. Like you are a very um, noble person doing noble things, and you being a Zambian, there are so many young Zambians who want to go into law, but they don't know who to ask or how to go about it in terms of like you're an international attorney now. And maybe they're in Zambia, they would want to come to Canada or here. How do they go about it? We can't give them that answer. Is it okay for them, if they're listening, to send you a message and say, hey, can you at least uh, help me out in, uh, with this information because I'd love to venture in that career? Yes, please. Uh, they are welcome to contact me. Now, this is not just for young people. It's also for old people. They call mm-hmm. them a lot of things. Even mm-hmm. women and other women, you contact me and find out a little bit of information. I, okay. I became, um, I got called to the bar at age 37. It is yes. age 38. I can't remember, 37 or 38. 
Um, so, so there is a way to reinvent oneself. Um, uh, typically, Zambian lawyers used to be called to the bar in their 20s. Yeah. Um, but things have changed now. People are becoming um, multidisciplinary. Sometimes you are in your 50s and then you realize that you don't want to be a doctor or a nurse and you want to be a lawyer. Why not give it a shot? And so yes. I'm open to discussing with anyone. Um, ex- sometimes my my inbox does have a, lo- a lot more uh, messages than I prefer mm-hmm. and I can control. So I think a little bit of patience, I will get to that message. Okay. Um, and so a little bit of patience for anyone trying to contact. Uh, but yes, Facebook is an excellent way to, to get in touch. All right. Thank you so much for that. So listeners, if there's anybody listening in that's interested in knowing more about um, the law and how to go about it, you heard for for yourself, you can be an old baron like me and I just want to go back into school and study law, I'll come to you. And if you're young, you're just straight from school and you're, you know, you're confused about what um, area of uh, schooling you want to go to and you want to just ask questions, please feel free to get in touch with Elias. He's on Facebook. You can actually request him. I don't know if you have enough space, but you can messenger him and ask him a question. And he said when he has time, he can get to you and answer all your questions. Thank you so much, Elias. Uh, if any of my moderators have any other questions, they can go ahead. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, President, President Irene. Irene. Okay, yeah, so uh, now we are getting to the heart of the matter. So before I have President Blair jump in, ladies and gentlemen, our main focus now is we're going to shift gears a little bit to focus on Bill 10 and the Zambian Constitution. So... Uh, I encourage you to have a pen and paper, take down this important information because this is such an awesome opportunity for all of us to learn from somebody who has uh, been practicing law and somebody who knows uh, the content very well. So, President Blair, take it away. Thank you, President Noor, and uh, thank you, Vakwetu. I'll, I'll call you Vakwetu, Elias, because <laughs> I follow you on social media, and uh, I, I know how, how hard you work and all the good work that you've been doing. You mentioned how you went to England first and came and settled. You're even here in Chicago. President Irene is the president of the Zambian Association in Chicago, and I used to be the president until she became president. So... It, it's six degrees of separation, I guess. But thank you for all you've done. And um, we want to dial it back. And again, I just want to reemphasize for those of our, of our listeners that are joining us now that we are focusing on the policy aspects of the law. We are not going to go into partisan issues or anything. We're just dialing in on because the Constitution is essentially just a principles that everybody has agreed to live by. Every country, every organization has uh, a constitution. So we just want to make sure that this place is safe. Uh, When we open it up for callers to ask questions, uh, we want everybody to be mindful of that aspect. So 
Well, you've done a lot of work explaining butane. And uh, so we're not going to go into anything related to the tenacious issues that you, you eloquently described. We just want to ask, for example, what is it about the Zambian dynamic, the way we change laws or the way we get to our laws? How would you describe that process? Is it uh, unilateral or is it consultative? Because our customs are quite a bit in soccer. You know, you sit down and everybody's voice is heard. So can you describe the process that has brought us even the current constitution that we have, which is brilliant, I, I thought. You know, when you read the text, it's brilliant. But can you describe the issues from the first constitution that we had to 1972 to the various uh, commissions that we've had? Can you describe uh, our process? The first, the first constitution, of course, uh, there are some arguments that it was not a constitution and things like that, but I'll not go into that because it's just... It's just boring stuff. Um, so the first constitution was was passed through the uh, English Parliament because the British Parliament had to grant uh, independence to Zambia through an Act of Parliament, and then to that Act of Parliament they then um, gave a schedule. So so the first constitution was more like a schedule to an Act of Parliament in England. But so that is what we have uh, inherited as a constitution. It was a multi-party democracy constitution. It assured of uh, the Bill of Rights, um, very similar to what we have at the moment, uh, freedom of association, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, um, all those all those freedoms. Uh, that's the Bill uh, of Rights aspect. And then it then um, explained the three organs of government and how power is going to be distributed among the three the three organs. Uh, however, somewhere in 1972, Kenneth Kaunda felt like that constitution was not uh, unifying enough uh, because he discovered that there was quite a lot of tribalism in Zambia. And so he thought um, the country would do much better if he changed the constitution to make it into a one-party participatory democracy. So they outlawed uh, multi-party parties, multi-party politics, and then they established the 1972 constitution. How he did, how Kaunda did it was to um, start the Chona Commission. So Mainza Chona was the chair of the commission that went around the country to solicit feedback to introduce the one-party state. In actual fact, it was not really um, uh, a legit way of doing it, but at least they went around the country, pretended as if they had listened to all Zambians, and they, they enacted the, the 1972 amendment to the Constitution, uh, which essentially banned uh, plural politics. Uh, so that continued on until 1990 when Kenneth Kaunda um, uh, with Parliament changed the Constitution to the uh, 1990, 1991 Constitution. The talks to change it started in 
the commissioner at that time was Professor Mvunga, uh, who who presided over the um, the constitution review uh, issues. Professor Mvunga went around the country with his commission, and they they, they brought all the all the changes that they needed to see. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's um, that's what happened shortly after democracy. Kaunda uh, uh, Chiluva also instituted his own commission, which was the Manakatwe Constitution Commission, uh, to work on on, on the constitution. Um, it was consultative. The processes of, of uh, have been consultative, or they have pretended to be consultative, uh, because these commissioners have gone around the country, solicited some uh, feedback, and then government has had a position on the feedback that they've given up to the time that now Parliament enacts a particular document into into law. Manawasa also tried it with the Mwamba Commission. Uh, Of course, those efforts did not not work out until when uh, Michael Sutter instituted the technical committee. And so the technical committee then went and uh, did some work. Um, However, Michael Sutter was reluctant to enact it into, into law. And by chance, somehow, President Lungu came in uh, through that by-election, and he signed a substantial portion of the technical committee's recommendation and signed it into, into, into law. So even if we have one thread of a constitution, we have several amendments along it, and so I call them by those names. So the 1964 constitution, I call it the 1964 independence constitution, the 1972 Constitution, the 1991 Constitution, the 1996 Constitution, and the 2016 Constitution. So the one that we have currently, 2016. Thank you. That's an eloquent description, actually. Just to break the ice, at some point I'll ask you, what's a lawyer in Bemba? (laughs) What's a term that you use for a lawyer? I'll ask you for that. But you've done it. Say that one more time. Nduvuluila. Nduvuluila. Okay. Thank you. Nduvuluila. So you, you, <laughs> that's a good because we know Kamboni and we know all these things and we know uh, in Tambi or uh, the norms is the constitution. Yeah. Those are the traditions. Okay. So thank you so much for putting it in the context that you have. Of course, every nation has done that. Every nation has written laws that they've uh, changed and evolved over time. And Zambia has done the same, based on what you just told us. And when you look at the current constitution, it is a beautiful document. When some Americans look at this document, they wish they were Zambians. In fact, we have uh, Americans who want to be Zambians. There's a guy in, in, in Jacksonville who desperately wants to be a Zambian. But I guess we have to test it with uh, when it meets the road, when the rubber meets the road, what happens. So regarding uh, the return, what specific challenges do you believe pose challenges to the constitutional governance of our homeland? Uh, with, with regard to the return? Yes. What issues in Bhutan have you, because you've done some work explaining the issues, but uh, I just want you, no partisanship, just the 
challenges that you see, given our oh, history. Sorry, uh, you, 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 are, you I, I do see that you keep insisting on nonpartisanship. Okay. Um, any, any discussion of the constitution and the constitution process, unfortunately, is going to involve some partisanship. So mm. I really don't understand when you say that okay. now no partisanship, because the constitution itself is being pushed by a party, by a political party. So, so when you're saying that non-partisanship, this is, this is a PF document, so I don't know whether I can discuss the Constitution, uh, Bill 10, without having to refer to what the Patriotic Front is doing, because this is okay. actually Okay, so, yeah, what I mean by that, let me clarify it, so just, you, and you, of course, you're the legal attorney here, you, you probably understand how we can navigate this part of it. So what I'm trying to make sure, the thin line that I'm trying to walk is uh, the quickest way to divide any people is religion, politics, and all that. But it, the Constitution is essentially a, yeah. an aggregate set of principles that everybody has agreed to. And I know you've eloquently described what happened through the Mainza Chona Commission, through the Bunga, we had Lucis Chone, uh, so many commissions. We know what that path has, what has led us to where we are. We are and that's why I asked that question. So what I'm attempting to do with you, and please, if you can, stick to it, because this platform has um, restrictions. Just like in your house, you have rules. Uh, this house has rules. So we, we, we obviously uh, know if you have a plate of food on your table, uh, we're not going to talk about the chef. We're just going to talk about the food. So that's what I'm attempting to do here. So specifically as regards governance, what is the major threat that you see there? Regardless of who brought it, who cooked it, we just want the what's wrong with the meal on the table. That's where I'm getting at. Okay. So the first thing is the attempt is going to reintroduce the future minister. Uh, secondly, Britain is going to make the cabinet have all the powers to contract uh, debt. Thirdly, Britain is going to uh, remove the number of MPs from the constitution and delegate it into an ordinary statute of parliament. Uh, Britain is going to um, make the attorney general become a member of cabinet. And, uh, and and it will also make the, the chief whips to be part of cabinet. Uh, the other thing is Bill um, Chan uh, is going to um, change the roles and functions of the bank of the central bank of um, of Zambia. Uh, the other thing is Bill Chan is going to empower the president to have the power to. Uh, create new provinces without parliamentary oversight. Those are some of the concerns that I have with the 10. And thank you so much for saying that because, uh, like I said, uh, the Constitution is a group of uh, or principles that everybody under their jurisdiction has agreed to live by. So that's your opinion. Of course, there are others who have a different opinion, but thank you for stating that, and that's what I wanted um, 
in Tonga we hit, we say Bobo Zulu. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You are asking whether this is an opinion. Oh, you, is it a fact? This is what Buten is doing. This okay. is what is written in the text of Buten. Perfect. So, so, yeah. so, so Buten is a text. Uh-huh. So when I'm reading the text, it is what is written in the document itself. It's not my opinion. This idea of saying that Buten is just subject to people's opinions is not right. And that's why we have he, he, he here. Thank you so much for saying that, because that's why we're actually having this. I'm not Bemba, but I, I, I know some Bemba saying. So that's why we have to talk about this, because really, this is so key. Because when we, as a, as a family, agree on some rules, and those rules injure aspects of the household, we need to be clear about it. So that's why we, we're addressing the policy aspects of this because uh, when uh, somebody goes to the hospital, it, it, some of it derives from this. When somebody's locked up, somebody goes through whatever they're going through, it comes from what we agreed as uh, the Zambian household to live by. So thank you, my brother, for saying it's a text of the law. Now, uh, the second question I'm going to ask is um, regarding the impact of uh, these changes to our traditional way of life. Because Zambia did not just become Zambia in 1964. The people that are living under the Zambian borders moved there for uh, the Bemba came from Kola, the Tongas came from up north, you know, and the Loses came from south and the Ngonis and so forth. So we lived by some kind of rules which predated the current constitution. So what impact do you think this bill or these changes that we're attempting to make will have on that system that we use to the traditional way of life? Um, by the traditional way of life, you mean our traditional culture? Yes, because uh, I know there have been provisions for the House of Chiefs and, you know, there's a distinction between, for example, castromary law, particularly law, if people get married, people are still getting married under castromary law. So what impact does, do these changes have on that? Because there's always been this dual system. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to navigate, even for me. <laughs> I don't see any impact. I don't think the term has any impact on... Um, on, on customary law. If if the question is the role of customary law in Zambia's legal system, we can discuss about that and I have one opinion or two. But on whether Biotem has an impact on Zambian customary law, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably a question for another an, another time. And uh, uh, President Noah, do you have a question or you want me to continue? Uh, Madam Irene, you can chip in at any time too. And at some point, just for our listeners, we'll open it up for Q&A. Right now, we're just trying to focus this discussion so we can get the the key issues kind of uh, between the guest and the moderator. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Zanus Radio Show. comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Our guest this afternoon is attorney Elias Musha. 
So at this time, we're going to take a short break to listen to this song and to get back, gives you a few minutes to relax, stretch, and maybe make yourself a cup of tea and just come back. Enjoy this great Ladies and gentlemen, that was a great song. It was originally released in 1987 by the first, if one of the first South African integrated uh, racial groups. That was Savoka and the lead singer, John Gregg. Uh, he unfortunately died in 19, 2019. So actually, I didn't know until sometime recently that the lead guy on that song he passed on. Of course, that song, Asim Bonanga, means we have not seen him or we have not heard from him. So in, the reference, of course, was the none other than the great Nelson Mandela when he was locked up at Robin Island in South Africa. Of course, we know, uh, everybody knows who Nelson Mandela is. So that was a great song by... Uh, John Plague by the, uh, with a band called Savoka. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest this afternoon. This is our, an attorney, Zambian attorney, based in Alberta, Canada. This is attorney Elias 
Mosha. So we are discussing butane and the Zambian constitution. I know sometimes it may be a little bit tricky to navigate without mentioning uh, political parties, but I think uh, attorney uh, Musha or Elias, feel free to uh, speak freely because we are at the same time wanting to have our audience uh, to, to have a, a good sense of where we are coming from and where we are going and what Bill 10 is all about. So I just wanted to make sure because I noticed I think maybe uh, the, some of the parameters, we may have to adjust the goalpost a little bit so that at least we can get to the heart of the matter. So I just had a text from one of the listeners. And they were actually asking what Bill 10 is all about. Said, what are you guys talking about? What is Bill 10? Can you back up a little bit and explain? So uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Musha, can you explain... Uh, what butane is all about, because I think there are some listeners who do not know what butane is all about. Okay. Uh, so butane is a bill. So when we say a bill, what we mean is that there is a document in Parliament that was signed by the Attorney General. This document seeks to change the Constitution of Zambia. So Bill is a Constitution Amendment Bill. That is its name. Constitution Amendment Bill 2019. It seeks to change Constitution of Zambia. That is what it is. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for that. So very soon we'll be opening up our phone lines to give our listeners an opportunity to ask questions. So before we do that, we're going to revert again to President uh, Blair to uh, ask uh, another question. Thank you, President Noah. And thank you, Rakweto. Uh, yeah, we need to be clear about these things. So I'm going to ask a question uh, regarding how the Constitution of Zambia how we have a dissonance between the Constitution of Zambia and uh, the Penal Code. And uh, when I'm reading this document, the beautiful Constitution, I think you have started, but I know you might want to mute. Thank you. Oh, it's back. But uh, I don't know if you can hear me, uh, my brother Elias. So the question is, uh, why is there a dissonance between the Zambian Constitution and the Penal Code? Why did we have, uh, for example, the youth when they were trying to express themselves? The Constitution of Zambia provides for the Bill of Rights, the freedom of conscience, the freedom to express yourself. It even specifies, our document is beautiful, because it even says what political parties can do. I'm, I'm, I'm not going partisan, I'm just stating what, the, what is in the text of the law. But there seems to be... No, 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 sorry. Before you, you go any further, I just need to check something. You seem to be overly sensitive about politics. Why is it like that? Oh, okay. It's the platform on which we are on, my brother. This uh, Zanus is uh, the Zambian 
Associations Network in the United States. And no, it is registered as a non-profit. Yeah, but but you 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 can you can have politicians on this platform, can't you? And we do. Occasionally, yeah. yes, so, we talk so then, policy. So then mm-hmm. no 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 no. I think I think I think people in the news are free. They can listen okay. to a partisan um, uh, mm-hmm. contribution. So you seem to be overly uh, sensitive about politics, and so I'm wondering why. Oh, let, let me let me explain why. Uh, somebody's got some background noise. Let me explain why. You know, you know. Uh, just like I said, the Constitution is essentially a, a, a set of principles that people have agreed to live by. Every home has rules. Every organization has a, a constitution. So the news has a constitution. And, I, and maybe uh, maybe I'm not understanding the law, and I, I agree with you, and I agree with you. I agree with you as a learned man, but we're trying to, you know, once the Zambian, I, I have a passport from, issued by the Government Republic of Zambia. Once we leave our borders, we want to focus on what unites us versus what divides us. So, the, like I said, I'm about mm-hmm. bringing people. Ubuntu means okay. bringing everybody. Okay, pray, let, let, let me talk. So there are people who so may agree with you and there are people yeah. who may not agree with you, just like you may. Okay. So thank you. All right, Go so ahead. President Blair, so let me let me try to uh, come in a little bit. Yeah, so uh, le, le, our, our attorney, we are talking to an attorney, so I think let us not really uh, worry so much about the I know, the parameters I know. Thank here. you so much. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like yeah. I said earlier, yeah, like I said... Yeah. Uh, no, I got it. I mm-hmm. got it. Thank you so yeah. much. And it's about to so I want to make sure I'm consistent with these in Canada, we're in the United... I want to be consistent with uh, the, the jurisdiction. I mean... So thank you, my brother. And I, I, I want to reiterate this question. I mean, you can answer it. Of course, you, you know more than I do, especially in the legal arena. Uh, the the thing about uh, us here is we're trying to, to, to bring everything together, regardless of uh, opinion. So I was asking about why is there a difference between the Zambian Constitution and the Penal Code? So can you speak to that? Uh, as best as you can. Thanks. Okay. So, so what what happens is um, uh, the 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 laws of Zambia sometimes do not catch up very quickly with uh, with the constitution, and the reason is uh, before 1964, there seems to be some feedback. Are you are you getting me well? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yes we can hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Right. So, so I want to give an example of one piece of statute, uh, the Societies Act. Okay? The Societies Act. The Societies Act is a colonial statute which was initially founded to control Africans, basically, that's what it was, the, the Societies Act. It was a way to try and control Africans and control uh, their movements, control their association, uh, control their um, 
you know, their groups, control their clubs, control their parties, everything. So that is the Societies Act. So after we got our independent constitution, unfortunately, the Societies Act was not amended to conform to the constitution. So it carried colonial objectives, and it has carried on those objectives to date. And it is under that act where churches are uh, uh, registered, not incorporated, and political parties are also um, are registered under the same societies act. And so you see then that how even when a constitution changes, uh, subsidiary legislation takes a long time to, to, to change. However, there is a presumption in law. The presumption is that every statute is presumed to conform to the Constitution. So even a statute that does not conform to the Constitution, there is a presumption that it has the intention to conform to the, to the, to the Constitution. However, a statute can only be, um, be, be struck down if a court of competent jurisdiction says that this act is unconstitutional, basically. So even when you have an excellent constitution, you could have subsidiary acts of parliament that are contrary to the constitution. But that act of parliament will continue being the law, part of the law, until it is struck down by, by, uh, by, by a judge or until Parliament changes it. So that is one example with uh, the Societies Act. The Penal Code, the same thing. The Penal Code is also a, something we inherited from the British. The only difference is that whereas Britain does not have a, pen, a, a Penal Code, uh, they tried to f create one for the colonies that they were ruling over. And so in Zambia, we do have it. We do have it. And yes, the same applies to the, to the Zambia Penal Code. There are some provisions in the Zambia Penal Code that would outrightly um, contradict the Constitution. And so we have to navigate between this excellent Constitution and the law. And that's why it is the role of Parliament to try and update legislation so that it conforms with the law. And if Parliament does not do it, then we can always um, resort to a, the High Court to strike down the laws that are incompatible or contrary to the Constitution. Uh, regarding the Public Order Act, much of what the police do is actually illegal. It's not backed by the Public Order Act, and neither is it backed by the Constitution. So, for example, stopping the youth from uh, protesting is not supported by, uh, by neither the, the Public Order Act or by, by the Constitution of Zambia. So it's the police and the, the government in power, and uh, I think to the um, um, yeah, I must mention it currently, the government in power is the Patriotic Front. So it is actually the Patriotic Front, which is abusing um, the police, because they have no uh, legislation that backs their action to, to uh, restrict the free expression of the youth. So thank you for saying that. And I think we need to delve into this a little because the police have not just been brutal in this era. They've been brutal 
for century, uh, for over 55 years that Zambia has been independent. So that's why I'm not trying to name parties here because the problem is systemic. It's not because of what we're going through right now. So let's go back to what you said initially. So if the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, what can we do to bring our subservient, the, the other laws, consistent with what the Constitution says? How does the police not know? How do the police not know that this is illegal, what they're doing? How is it that the president doesn't know the the executive? I'm going to be politically correct. The executive doesn't know that this is illegal because we've had these contentions from the beginning, uh, just for historical fact. Um, The first chief justice of Zambia was um, a white man, Mr. James Skinner. And there was an incident on the Angolan border where some Angolan soldiers infiltrated into the Zambian border. And the case was adjudicated, and it was found like it was a misdemeanor. These people should not have been, you know, prosecuted, and they got let go. But the president at the time took umbrage. So they, they hounded Skinner out of the office. So these lessons, that's why I asked about uh, traditional, I'm being deliberate here. There's a point to this madness that we're, we're, we're doing here. So let's be mindful that we're dealing with a vehicle that has a historical roots and we're trying to get it to a better place. So back to where we are, what can we do to reduce the dissonance, to get rid of these, uh, <laughs> in Zamba the word now is lacunas. How can we get to where everybody understands, the police understand their role, the executive understands their role, the judiciary understands their role, the parliament understands their role. How can we get to that place? First of all, it's advocacy. It's telling the executive that they can't do that. And there is no two ways about it. It's advocacy. Direct advocacy. In other words, you tell the executive that they don't have power to do what they, they are claiming they have. Secondly, it's to sue them. But even after they are sued, they keep doing the same things that uh, the law tells them not to. Uh, very recently, there is a decision in the Sean Temple case. Sean Temple uh, uh, you know, does uh, conduct some, uh, some, some protests using a wheelbarrow and an overall. The police stopped him, beat him up, and he sued in the high court. And a high court judge has issued a decision, a very clear, eloquent decision. What that high court judge has said, I think it was Justice Nell, she said the police have no powers to do what they are claiming they, they, they did and has awarded Sean Temple, is it 40000 I can't just remember how much it is. And so this idea that um, the police can do this and they don't know, it's, uh, it's, not, it's abuse of power. And the fact that uh, there was abuse of power by Kaonda does not justify the abuse of power by, uh, by Mr. Dr. Ed Galungo. You know? so, so if Ed Galungo is abusing power, you, you hold him accountable directly and tell him that what he's doing is illegal. And it's unconstitutional. It is as simple as that. So citizens should continue advocating, and citizens should be suing the state, and the citizens should be telling the police that uh, they don't have the power that they claim they have. Thank you so much for saying it. 
it brings me back to the second question I had, because uh, the, the current constitution that we have, actually, when you read the text, it does exactly what you just said. It binds, it explains the powers of each institution that we have in our government. And it also implores on the citizens. It binds them to safeguard the constitution. Now, sorry, sorry, what the, are you saying? The, the, the constitution does what binds the citizens? It says we, we have an obligation to ensure that uh, the rights and the benefits that Islamic citizen enjoys, for example, we have to ensure that every every instrument of government abides by the. Sorry, I think I think we are mixing up a lot of things here. Okay. Um, uh, a constitution. So, a constitution does does several things. When we are talking about the Bill of Rights, okay, so the Bill of Rights is, um, I think, part three of the, of the Constitution of Zambia currently. The Bill of Rights gives citizens of Zambia certain rights. The Bill of Rights is an instruction to the state. It is not an instruction to the citizens. Thank you. Yeah, for clarifying. What it's I meant is, telling... some take that refers to what, as citizens, we like. For example, there's a, a part where it talks that we have to advance ourselves. Obligations, of course, the constitution is a set of rules that gives the state and the citizens no, no. their no. law. Citizens of Zambia don't have citizens of Zambia. Citizens of Zambia, it is the state that has obligations to the citizens. Citizens do not have a, an obligation to the state. Citizens do not have a constitutional obligation to the state. It is the state that has constitutional obligations to the citizens. I don't have I don't have an obligation to the Zambian state apart from being a citizen and law-abiding citizen. That's it. Okay. Uh, thank you for making that clarification. And this is, this is this is the issue that we are talking about in South, for example, our cultural issues of in South. The Constitution of Zambia does not forbid me from insulting anyone. So I have a constitutional right to insult. Thank you. Uh, thank you, my brother. And of course, uh, it, it is uh, a wonderful thing that we have this beautiful homeland that we have. And I just uh, pray that uh, we, we can make it a better place both for ourselves and our children. Point on, I know I think it's time to open it up for the Q&A from our callers. And I, I know there are a lot of questions that people have for you. And uh, we, after the break, we'll open it up for Q&A from our questions from our listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Zanus Radio Show comes, comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Our special guest for this afternoon is uh, Tony Elias Musha. He's based in Alberta, Canada. So, ladies and gentlemen, if to those who are listening, if you have a question, we ask that you unmute your line to ask the question. 
But if you do not have a question or somebody else is talking, make sure that you mute your line so that we cut out the background noise. Again, only unmute if you have to ask a question because we want to make sure at least we uh, cut down on the background noise. So again, our guest, special guest for this afternoon is attorney Elias Mosha. He's a Zambian attorney based in Alberta, Canada. He's uh, on our program this afternoon discussing the Zambian Constitution and Bill 10. So at this point, if you have a question also, you can press 1, and then the system will alert me. Then I'll be able to unmute you uh, so that you, you are free to ask. Otherwise, ladies and gentlemen, take advantage of um, this opportunity to ask any question you have uh, on the Bill 10, the Zambian Constitution. All right, the lines are, mute, are unmuted. Anyone with a question? Don't be shy. Make sure you take advantage of this opportunity to ask questions. So we're going to go to, okay, yeah, somebody has a question. Go ahead. Yes, please. I've got a question for Mr. Monsha. Uh, this is Jackie. Uh, so uh, what would you say about uh, Bill 10? Is it in favor of the current government? Uh, why, why are they in a hurry to really, like, um, put it in um, or to amend it or to be like the bill should be as effective? Uh, why are they so in, in such a hurry for, for the bill to be amended? And, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, so is it in favor of uh, the current government? Uh, is it going to be in favor of, in, of them? Uh, Jackie? Yes, of course. That's why they want it passed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jackie, that's why they want it passed. They want it passed because the changes that they are trying to introduce favors the, uh, the patriotic front or the party in power. Okay, thank you. And one of the ways, one of the ways, Jackie, that it favors them is that if the ten passes, the 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 party in power will be able to create its own parliament. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. So again, if you have a question, you could either press one on your keep uh, on your phone dial pad. Or you can just go ahead and shout it out because I have unmuted the lines. So make sure, because I know in the past sometimes people could be talking whilst their phone is muted. So make sure you unmute yourself and then you can ask your question. Thank you. Yeah, don't be shy. People ask questions. So I'm going to ask our secretary for the Zambian Association here in Indiana, President Nasi, uh, Secretary Nasilele Masiku, to come in with a question. Hello, hello. Good afternoon, everybody. And thank you so much for cutting me unaware, President Noel. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to put people on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, good afternoon, Attorney Mosha. We thank you for coming good on afternoon. the program this afternoon and educating us on the Bill 10. Um, living in the diaspora, I haven't really been paying much attention on what was, has been going on in Zambia. 
So um, what are the main features or the controversial features about the built-in? Uh, so it introduces Hello. Yes, yes, yes go ahead. It reintroduces the it reintroduces ministers. Mm-hmm. It then changes the composition of parliament. So it's yes. it's going to change how parliament is elected and and how many people can be uh, members of parliament. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, so those are, the, those are the major changes, and then it seeks to do several other small, small changes that are neither here nor there, but uh, yeah. those are the main changes. And then it seeks to reintroduce the, um, the coalition government. All right. Yeah. But, Thank you but so the one, much. The I think big I'm... one for me, mm-hmm. the big one uh-huh. for me is this idea of doing away with uh, parliament in the constitution and relegating it to an ordinary statute of parliament, that is the biggest uh, thing. Because then they can change parliament at any point, at any time, bring in the numbers that they want, and, and it will go by single majority. That is a major, major problem. She's not sure where the property. All right. Um... Yeah, that was some background noise, so please make sure if you are not ready for to ask a question that your phone is muted. So whilst we're waiting for others to jump in, uh, I have a question for the attorney. So uh, considering the, as I've heard, there's, um, the UPND party and the other parties, they've been sort of at odds with the move to advance this bill. What is the role of the Zambian Association, the law of the Law Association of Zambia, and have they raised any concerns? If they have, could you share with us what the Law Association of Zambia is doing to address this um, uh, bill? Okay. Uh, first of all, I don't speak for the Law Association of Zambia. They have the president. Uh, Zadio Dishonga State Council. However, uh, what we have read uh, in the past is that when Buten was originally brought before Parliament, the Law Association of Zambia did sue in the Constitutional Court uh, to stop the bill, but the Constitutional Court said that uh, they had no jurisdiction to stop a bill. And so they, therefore, the only people who stop it are members of Parliament, and the direct action by the people. I think many people have been speaking against the bill. They have brought visibility to the bill, and uh, it looks like uh, parliamentarians are reluctant to pass this bill, and and that's a great, great blessing that we are seeing at the moment. The fact that the Patriotic Front uh, ruling party does not have the numbers that it needs to pass bill time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's that's good if that's the case. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, feel free to jump in. We are taking questions for uh, uh, any questions for our guest. Hello, this is Richard from Seattle. Yes, sir. Um, I, I got a quick one. It's been over 
six months now since the butane was introduced in Parliament, and um, we heard from Honorable Jack Mwimbo that the butane is dead. Now, I, I just want to find out what, what's the, the current status of the bill. Is it going to be introduced again, or is it a matter of it going for good, or it's going to resurface and going it's going to pass through? I just want to have some clarification and maybe know what's going to happen to it now. Well, thank you. I think I think members of parliament are. Uh, I think there will be more quarrelling uh, on this on this matter. Uh, some members of parliament feel like the butane has lapsed uh, because it has passed the six month mark. Others are saying that it's still on the order paper. It's still um, before parliament because okay. the adjournments were done due to COVID nineteen crisis. So there's going to be. Um, back and forth going on around around those questions. Um, what I anticipate is that the Patriotic Front does not have the numbers to pass this bill. And so no matter what time they bring it back, they, they don't have the numbers. They don't have 110 MPs to back this bill, unfortunately. Without 110 uh, MPs to vote for this bill, this bill can't pass. So maybe they're trying to waste as much time as possible to see whether they can... Uh, corrupt a few more and buy off a few more MPs, but they don't have the numbers. That is just the, the reality. Okay, right. Th th thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Musha. Uh, anyone else, or is there a follow-up question from Richard? Okay. Yeah. Uh, questions, we're taking questions. Yeah, please go ahead with your questions. Can, can you hear me? Yes, may President Monga, go ahead. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'm just actually joining not long ago. I uh, just want to thank our attorney who is here with us today to explain about the bill. Uh, just have a simple question. I'm on the road, I do like I mute myself and I come back on. Um, so, uh, this question is coming to you, our attorney specifically. What do you think about Bill 10? I don't know if this question has been asked already uh, because I've been in and out. Is it something you think it can benefit the country? No, no, butane is poison. Butane is a bill that is going to destroy Zambian democracy as you know it. It's a very bad bill. It's bad law. And I'm not the only one saying that. The Law Association of Zambia has said it. The Patriotic Front Party itself has said that they've rejected something. The other day, um, the member for uh, Solwezi, is it Solwezi East, Kalumbila uh, MP, uh, Mr. Kasonso, he said that his committee rejected 99% of butane. Um, so, so the church has rejected it. Uh, the lawyers have rejected it. Um, several uh, civic organizations have rejected butane. It's, it's bad. The Catholics, they have rejected butane. The Catholics wrote 
um, a pastoral letter in which they said Gluten um, is very bad for democracy, and the process that was used um, was did not conform to uh, our democratic nature. Uh, they are appealing to the government to to withdraw it. So, so there is consensus in Zambia that gluten is extremely bad law, extremely bad, and it will destroy Zambian democracy. It's poison. Thank, thank you very much uh, for that. Um, so, on your opinion, why do you think this bill is now being introduced? I think I think I think that the Patriotic Front introduced Bill Ten because they wanted to uh, destroy Zambian democracy and entrench themselves as the party forever. That's basically what it does. That's why they're doing everything to keep it going. <laughs> they're doing everything. Imagine, they first of all started lying that Butane came from the people. When the people reject it, now they've changed tune and say that they've changed it. Now they've changed tune to try and sell this view to, uh, to Zambians. But we all know that the critical provisions in Butane will ensure that the Patriotic Front continues in power indefinitely because they'll be changing their own parliament. They'll be deciding whatever they want to do with a parliament that can be changed by a simple act of parliament. That is why they want it. It's a matter of survival for President Lungo. That's what it is. Thank you very much. Thank you, President Monga. Anyone else with a question? Because we have less than five minutes to conclude the show. Anyone with a question? Yes, President Noah, thank you so much. This is Blair back in uh, Chicago, and I want to thank Wakwetu. Uh, I just want to explain to everybody that you know we have sayings in our in our in our culture. If you want to if you want to feed God, you put the grass where the God can reach it. So all these questions that I've been asking in the context in which I asked them was meant to bring out uh, the issues that are pertinent because this is about our homeland, our country. So I would implore uh, every Zambian, you know, all these questions that we ask, uh, issues, this is a third rail. We're talking about how we're going to live as a Zambian family. You know, uh, we, we are here in diaspora, but guess what? Mwabene? Uh, Lima Jasban has a song, you know, we are here, but we always want to go back home. So we're trying to make sure that uh, Zambia is available for us and our children. So the last question that I'll ask Lakwetu uh, is, what aspirations do you have for our homeland as far as uh, what the outlook looks like for the next election and beyond? Uh, right now, I think I am... Uh, very bent on on trying to bring uh, visibility to some of the issues that I'm passionate about. I'm a very passionate individual, and I've never uh, hidden that fact. You know, when 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 you were trying to to muzzle my mouth, I said, "No, you can't do that, uh, Mr. Bless." And so yeah. we are we are we are passionate about some of these things, and I have no idea where that would lead to. Um, but I want to be remembered as a person who had a passion about my country, and I, I, I 
I did the best that I could to contribute. And the nature of that contribution at the moment, I have no idea. But right now, we are focused on on dealing with Bill 10, ensuring that it falls, and uh, holding the government accountable, holding the current government accountable, and seeing if, uh, if the people of Zambia will change government next year. If they decide to change, good for them. If they don't, bad for them. And so uh, if, if the people of Zambia, however, decide to say that they want to call me for something, uh, who am I to say no? I'll definitely um, uh, have to think about it. But it's very tough. I'm not going to Zambia. I'm not going to Zambia. But we need to stand together to fight corruption, to uh, advocate, to continue advocating for the good of our country. I have a lot of faith that our country can do better. You know, we have other resources, so we should. Yeah, thank you, my brother. And I, I, I want to echo that because uh, really what this conversation is about is uh, is about our homeland. We all care about We may think or look at things differently, but together. Ubuntu is a concept. One of the projects that I worked on when I came to the U.S. was uh, trying to translate the Odyssey uh, with Audacious. I don't know how many Zambians uh, have it's probably it's a good, good book. It, it talks about Odysseus' trials when the Trojan horse it comes from the Odyssey, and w- what you learn is that there is a concept the Greek had, uh, which was Zanea. Zanea is a, a, exactly like Ubuntu. I am because you are. So if our brothers express themselves, guess what? None of us can express ourselves. That's why I was trying to muzzle you, my brother, <laughs> with good intentions. So let's keep this going, and uh, uh, President Noah, carry on. All right. Th- thank you, President Blair. And ladies and gentlemen, we are in the home stretch. At this point, we're going to ask our guest, uh, Tony, any final words to the listening audience, both in Zambia and the United States? The floor is yours, sir. You can speak directly to the listeners. I, I thank you very much for the opportunity you gave me to speak with you. I really, really appreciate and I welcome this opportunity. Let us continue uh, working together to see how we can help our motherland. Uh, Zambia has a lot of potential, but it is being, um, uh, uh, you know, pillaged. There are some people who are stealing from, from the country, uh, people that have no passion, you know, no vision at all. And so we need to work together to see how we can we can help out. And your as organization and your nonpartisan association tries to bring Zambians together. And I really, really thank you for whatever you are doing for our country and our people. All right, thank you. That has been our show. Tune in next week for another yet exciting a opportunity to learn to discuss our guest for this afternoon was uh, attorney Elias uh, Musha. He's based a Zambian based in Alberta, Canada. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And thank you again to our special guest. Until we meet next time, 
It's bye for now. Again, thank you, uh, Mr. Musha. Thank you very much. Goodbye.